Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. This podcast is the place to learn about healing, transformation, potential, and radiant living. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. Thank you so much for listening and learning about true healing from the inside out. This episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel affiliate, Source Code Meditation, an online education and meditation practice for awakening your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. Go to the show notes for the link to sign up for a free enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to drrachelw.com, enter your name and email address, and I will send you Rachel's nine happiness and healing essentials. And also please check out my Facebook page, Rev Life with Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone. I post all kinds of content on there. So today's episode is called Self-Driven Happiness with Ellen Siegel. I'm excited to have her here for you today. I've known her through eWomen Network for a few years, and this is going to be a great conversation. With 30 plus years as a clinical practitioner in social work, hypnotherapist, author of two books called Be Happy No Matter What, Five Steps to Inner Freedom, and handling your own emotions. She guides you in raising your vibration to achieve inner freedom from all struggles and challenges in your life, all past, present, and future. Currently, she is serving as an eWomen Network premier success coach. As a presenter and speaker, Ellen promotes self-discovery and self-healing. She teaches concepts like mindfulness, meditation, past lives, strategic communication, handling your own emotions, authentic relationships, emotional boundary setting, living your authentic life, and being happy no matter what. I love all of these concepts. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so happy to be here and uh, hearing all the focal points that you highlight are so resonant with me. And uh So I'm grateful for our relationship and the dovetailing of our interests. I know. Yeah, me too. I mean, what we're talking about, this is stuff I wish I had known as a little girl and as a teenager and as a young adult, because, uh, you know, I didn't have this kind of language and practices in my life and they're transforming. I find that uh, also uh, my early life, uh, like so many of us, Children are basically intimidated by large beings and adults. Even even in the best circumstances, it's very easy for an adult to not realize that they're throwing their weight around and that affects a little being, a child. So I grew up really feeling disrespected and, um, and not seen and... I like the the realization that happened later on in my life that everyone is seeing through their own perceptions mm-hmm. and filters of the conclusions and decisions they made about themselves 
when they were very young. And so my parents, who I believe loved me and did their best and did many great things, also because they couldn't appreciate themselves as uh, centered and um, unfettered by their own issues, uh, saw me through their issues. Mm-hmm. And so that projection onto me, uh, children usually make challenges and difficulties about themselves, you know, even though it was the parents' behavior and things like that. And so that's a one way to look at how we develop uh, habits of self-protection, uh, maybe shying away from things or being the best person or the best girl in overdrive to ensure that I'm taken care of and things like that. And all of that backfires when we're adults. Right. We don't need that overprotection. And so to uh, get become aware of your authentic self uh, through life. And a lot of it happens naturally for many people. And then there's those of us who I got very busy in facilitating that for myself. I think it was because I felt so bad inside. Mm. And, uh, fortunately for me, gravitated toward a helping profession. And in those days, which was the early 70s, uh, we had a teacher in social work school who said, now, why do you think you're taking up social work? And people said, oh, I'm a humanitarian and I like to help people. And, and she said, oh, that's all well and good. The real reason you've come is to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that awareness really positioned me to facilitate my own growth and then be helpful to others. So. Oh, that's true. I had that aha also for myself when I realized I really wanted to help people. And that's been a value of mine since I was a child. And and then realizing, oh, wait a sec, I got to help myself first. And the way I was trained through my PhD isn't necessarily that way. You know, <laughs> for me, it was more getting into the soul stuff and, and the things you're talking about here today. So tell us a little bit about the things and the ways that you help people transform. Mm. Well, uh, some of it comes from... Uh, traditional social work, which is about providing an opportunity for a person to feel empowered and also keying into a person's self-determination that that a person is um, uh, positioned to be active in their own growth and their own self-healing because no one knows you the way you know you. And that appreciation, um, I'll talk a little later about the Be Happy No Matter What book. It's really about listening to your own inner voice, which uh, throughout life you might not have recognized was your inner wise voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it might say, uh, don't turn at the corner or go three blocks, don't turn here or brush your teeth now or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you might just traditionally have disregarded it and you really have 
a voice of inner wisdom that's yours uh, inside. So often I'm uh, asking whoever comes to me or a presentation that I'm doing for people to get in touch with uh, their strengths and what's working well in their life. And then there's a way to get to the heart of that so they can cut and paste that upon areas where it doesn't look like they like things so much. So that's uh, a simple way of saying it. Uh, and the, the topic of self-driven happiness is really to recognize that we are in charge. And many of us have grown up uh, feeling like, oh, our power was taken away because when we're kids, the adults really do control what's going on. So it's very easy to feel powerless and even victimized. And all of us in one way or another have felt victimized and some victimized more than others. And the key is that all of that has happened before, unless of course you're in a situation today where you're being physically, sexually, emotionally victimized in a way that you really need to get out or separate yourself so you get help to get out. For situations that are not that extreme, uh, to take the perspective of uh, my life is under my jurisdiction. And yes, uh, you might have children, you might have a job, you might be creating a business. You might have taken on lots of complexities to focus upon. And the bottom line is you are at the heart of that wheel. So it's important to value yourself, which means listen to any self-talk or negative, demeaning self-judgment. And to get that out, one, the easiest way is to put on a piece of paper, self-judgment or judgment, and list all the self-judgments that you have. And when you see it on a piece of paper, it enables you to get a little bit of perspective. And then as we talk, I'm going to share a way of how to dissolve all that so that you don't need to take that forward from this point on. It served you all the aching and pains and fears and feeling fear, uh, loneliness, hurt, guilt, shame, anger, sadness, to a deep degree. Everyone listening to this knows what those feelings are. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we don't need to take it further than waking up to them. Taking them further than awakening to them. And my belief is you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you aren't awakened to them. Because not everyone is attracted to Rachel's energy and what the content is of this event, program, all the materials. Mm -hmm. So those of you who are willing, you're at a point right 
now to be able to not take further than their usefulness the intensity, the discomfort, the challenge of intense feelings. Taking them forward is a bit like taking heavy winter clothes on a warm weather vacation, which you wouldn't do. So that's one way to look at this, to handle our feelings in that uh, sophisticated, grown, everyone here has done tons of work on themselves. There's no newbies here. Even if you feel like you're new at this, you wouldn't be here if you haven't done tons of work. So to handle the feelings on one side and practicalities on the other. So an example is sometimes people say, oh, I have a fear of success. Well, while a feeling is mixed up with a practicality, you can't really undo it. So it's wise, a teacher taught me this, that to separate it out, handle the feelings on one side, feelings are an echo, only an echo of something from your background that enabled you to get to where you are today. And it's clanging like an echo and you don't need to follow it further. And on the other side is the practicality. So in this example, the practicality is success. And I hear from so many people who come to me, well, I know what I need to do, bing, 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 bing. There is an order um, of priority for things to address. And that's not even written in stone. There might be many types of things at the first priority, at the second priority. And when, when we're mixing up our feelings with practicalities, it, it blocks our taking those steps that we know need to get to be taken in order to create whatever success is for you. And that's another thing is to look at what the meaning of words are because there are higher octaves of certain words. Are you okay with me talking about this, Rachel? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, Great. please continue. Great. Okay. Yeah, I would so. love for you to, you know, because when we're talking about self-driven happiness, all this stuff, um, like you were talking about self-judgment, is like covering up our happiness. And, yes. And those other things I know you like to transform, like self-doubt, old patterns, negative stories, stagnation. Um, you know, you use the, the lingo to change suffering into freedom. Mm. So yes. expand on that, how we can be free when we let go of these other things that are hiding our happiness. Yes. So this is a way of letting go. And that is to appreciate that we're in these dense, more dense physical bodies and that we have our wise self inside and that there's so many different names for that. There's the light body, there's higher consciousness, there's higher self. Some people refer to it as the soul and there's many uses of these terms. So I like the, just for, for example sake, I like using the concept of a light body that we're a hybrid of a light body and a physical human body. And uh, I took a, uh, an improv class once and the teacher 
in the first class said, okay, I want you to just walk around the room quietly and take a ride on your body. I said, a ride on my body? This <laughs> reminded me of having taken horseback riding lessons when I was a kid that, oh my God, this body, and I've had eating issues my whole life. When I heard this, I got the sense like, oh my God, this body is like a precious pet. Mm. And for any of you that's ever had a little animal friend that you've undertaken to live with and take care of, sometimes I think they take care of us, um, <laughs> that, um, that, that we are a hybrid of light and this wonderful physical being that we direct to carry us around. And so there's a way that when feelings come up, and I love this, uh, some people judge themselves, oh, I, I, I thought I purified this out already. And here it comes again. <laughs> it's about having purified so much and grown so much that these are just shreds and threads of leftover things to, uh, to resolve or dissolve so that then the happiness is right behind that. And the other bonus is then there's nothing blocking your natural creativity, which goes mm -hmm. to the recreate. Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it comes up naturally. So many of us, um, uh, I know I put myself in programs of uh, sales programs and business programs. And boy, have I learned a lot. The only problem I ran into was when I tried to press myself into the model or formula. Now, some people are able to do that. I think because um, as a lot of us, I've had a troubled childhood and um, not like really forcing myself to do anything or fitting into a mold or things like that. So mm -hmm. the people who've helped me have encouraged me to recognize that my creativity is coming from within yeah. and through clearing out, you know, we hear a lot about limiting thoughts and um, negative self-talk and all of those things. That is all dissolvable through awareness of, these things that I'm talking about. So a lot of you are taking this information in. Some of it, it's hanging in your energy field. For others, you're taking it all the way in. And it's sitting there. And as time goes forward from this conversation, uh, you may very well notice that things have shifted and some things have really shifted within you and even moved out. Uh, it's a very natural process. Mm -hmm. I love what you're speaking to the the creativity because I feel like we all have this like inner beauty that wants to be expressed. And the if we're following other people's kind of to dos or, or we create a lot of our own shoulds of what we think we should be doing, some of that can cover up what really wants to happen or what wants to be inspired or created. Uh, in the in that be happy no matter what book, I think the first I know the first chapter, very short chapters, is relaxing and allow. So mm -hmm. there's an exercise in there 
where you, um, and I can just say it now, where you have your arms straight out in front of you with your elbows into your sides and you tighten your fists really tight and you can even close your eyes and really feel how tightly closed those fists are. And then open your fists and that's the sense of openness. So close them up again real tight and that's how closed feels. And then open them and you can feel actually a vibration with each that goes through your whole body. Mm. So anytime you're in a tough situation uh, under the table <laughs> or, or excuse yourself, do this exercise and you will be using your physical body to help you give yourself the feeling of openness, which then allows new information to come to you. And um, a teacher pointed out to me once, so whether you meditate or use mindfulness techniques, always ask for new information. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I used to find myself kind of when I'd be sitting at a table or something, clenching my right fist and like kind of hiking my right shoulder up. And as I become more aware and present in my body, I'm like, oh, I can, I don't have to clench my fist when I'm just sitting here and practicing relaxing. My whole, you know, my whole body has kind of opened up more from releasing that tension. But I think it was a just a control and a like I have to do it all and I should. And I think that was just showing up in my physiology and how I would like hold my body. Uh, you're bringing up a really important point that so much up until now, and I love this, up until now allows everything to be different for going forward. Mm -hmm. I have a teacher says, uh, everything that's happened up until now really has nothing to do with what's coming next mm -hmm. for, the, for the experience of maximum, being open to maximum creativity. That which you said so much has been automatic until we wake up. So doing that exercise consciously for some people uh, is a way to open up. You discovered it naturally, like, oh, look at my arm. Wait a minute. Well, I don't need to be tight like that. Let me see what it's like opening it up. Mm -hmm. I have a question. I'm wondering about, I, I get the sense that so many of us just are like trying so hard. Do you feel that or do you? Yeah. What would you There's, like to say about that? Yeah. Well, I came across this great book, Hidden Language Codes. I think the author was Neville, Neville, well, I wish I could remember. So I'll, I'll remember it. Anyway, it's Hidden Language Codes. And it talks about words that we use. Uh, and so uh, the word try, mm. that that sort of implies you're never going to get there. Because we're always trying. Mm -hmm. And other words that you've heard about, like but. When you use the word but, it negates everything that you've said before that. So to put in the word and. Mm -hmm. And then there's another word, which is if, which implies and sort of ensures a doubt. So, um, so the idea of us all trying so hard 
first of all, to validate our true, authentic, burning desire for growth, for growth. And that that in and of itself is something that's sacred. Mm -hmm. So we can, so try, trying so hard is sort of a lower octave or a more dense uh, word um, to allowing. Allowing is a higher octave word that can be put in the same place. Allowing my growth, allowing myself to see what you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, becoming aware. You became aware of your fist and your shoulder and allowing realizations to occur. I have a teacher who said, and this amazed me, I just got this, uh, I don't know, last year. She said, you know, it's time now to ask of your inner wisdom, your high self, whatever that is in you. Um, I would now like to grow with ease through realizations and revelations, like, you know, epiphanies, awakening, ahas. Mm -hmm. And instead of uh, burdening myself with the idea of challenge. Yes, we're all challenged. We live in, there's toxins all around us and our bodies are still able to purify out things. And, you know, so many of us have uh, played with and recognized the idea, oh, wait a minute, I could probably change my food and let me see about detoxing my body. You know, not putting in the kinds of things that are hard on your kidneys or your pancreas, those kinds of things, and experimenting. And lo and behold, uh, there is a school of thought that we don't, that our bodies do not need to deteriorate at all. And that's something worth exploring for some of us who would like to be around for a while, longer maybe than, than the, um, healthcare community sort of puts out there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and even with that, even with challenges in the healthcare community, we're living many more years than our ancestors did. Right. right. So that trying so hard, um, you know, sometimes we're trying not, not to fail, uh, not to disappoint, um, not to be deprived. Uh, and I had a teacher years ago who said, um, <laughs> that your psyche doesn't know when you're saying, uh, I want something or I don't want something. It just hears the word. So trying not to be a failure actually gives you the experience of failure. You see, there is no such thing as failure. Um, you know, we've all heard, uh, I think it was Thomas Edison who said his one regret was he didn't have more failures, meaning experiments that didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Because the more of those he had, the more avenues he had for exploration and to discover things. So failure, avoiding failure, Failure is a dense word 
a higher a higher level word is I'm willing to uh, play with what's happening. I'm willing to see about creating. I'm willing to appreciate what is going on now. Um, there's a chapter in the Be Happy book, appreciating myself and my life as a work of art, which includes shadows, dark, dark spots, uh, anger, hurt, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like you might look at a painting, like a landscape that's got clouds and lightning, it's got sunshine, it's got little flowers, it's got dead leaves, it's got dark colors, light colors, that to really get a view of uh, self-appreciation as and, and create that as your default setting. So that from there, there's nothing to try. It's being open, open to what you're learning, open to, we all um, uh, make decisions that seem like a fitting thing at the time with our wisdom. And later we look back on it and label it a mistake. Mm. When we might, we couldn't have known, even if you thought when you were making the original decision, oh, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Whatever you decide to do is your wisest, is the, is the wise point. Mm-hmm. And then later look back on it and uh, not demean yourself for it or label it a failure or it's like any term that has limiting meanings, you want to raise the vibration of that. Because whatever we're thinking, we are actually programming the most sensitive, delicate computer, which is our brain. So we put the input in. So that's the benefit of, I'll say, disarming Mm self-talk. Oh, I love that. And that's what I'm really speaking to with, with the R and Rev is recreate because we can be aware of what the story is that we're telling and is happening and we can tell ourselves something new. But I like how you use the languaging of sw- switching over to the higher control panel within you. Can you expand on that for a minute and then we can wrap up? Sure. I love this idea. And, and, you know, is it true or not? It works. It works. Anything you do uh, in a productive, constructive, relaxing, validating way to free your creativity, free yourself up. So I love this idea of a, a light body control panel inside of myself. And I'm, I'm switching. I'm almost there. Switching into full um, uh, control. And somebody said to me, oh, isn't control a little harsh? You know, what about in charge, which I, I love in charge. The only thing I realized, this was a very beneficial use of the word control, which in the past, I sort of, you know, it triggered me. And there were things about it that were ill-fitting. In this case... It implies self-efficacy. You can be in charge without taking an action. 
being at the light body control panel in yourself and operating your behavior, your choice of feelings. This is a strategic application of your energies for, um, you know, the well-being of all, creating your business, um, attending to your children, uh, partner you may have, friends, and including yourself. Uh, you get to treat yourself the same way, the same caring way that you treat others. This is a very important aspect and you're the one at the control panel who's who's making the wise choices and that's that's an integration of of all the puzzle pieces of you and apparently we're up to this and we are um and we're all as individual points of growth coming about coming to this natural openness to our creativity a lot of us are coming to this at around the same time and apparently when you think about we're in these singular bodies we're also part of different circles of collective thought and consciousness whether it's your neighborhood your family your the kind of work that you do there's lots of people who have that consciousness then you've got um the consciousness on the planet of all the, the humans, and then there's the animals. And, um, and so we're part of a huge network of energy that as we're clearing our own uh, veils uh, between us and the fullness of our creativity, that's our contribution to a larger network of humanity that is moving in that direction as well. So we are really positioned for amazing um, uh, discoveries of, of new uh, outcomes of creativity and we're all part of that. And we get to do our part. And as we do that, then we're contributing that to the collective as well. Oh, I am just like loving listening to you, Ellen, and taking all of that in. You use such beautiful languaging that, you know, I think a lot of society doesn't have a lot of exposure to. So thank you for sharing that on the podcast today. And if any of our listeners would like to connect with you to learn more about their own self-driven happiness, how would you like for them to do that? Well, they could, uh, you could send me an email at Ellen at BeHappyNoMatterWhat.com, Ellen at BeHappyNoMatterWhat.com, and uh, going to that website, BeHappyNoMatterWhat.com, you can download, um, I think, the first chapter of the Be Happy No Matter What book, and you can, uh, there are also free contemplative thoughts that you can sign up for to be delivered to your email box. And these contemplative thoughts, uh, once you, if you uh, appreciated the language of today's uh, conversation, then those contemplative thoughts will, 
will be a, a launch for you, a doorway for you, each one of those thoughts for you to discover uh, within yourself uh, some extraordinary treasures. That's the way I would put it. And the, the books are available on Amazon uh, in uh, paper copy and on Kindle and also in audio. So. Oh, lovely. Well, thank you for those gifts, Ellen. I appreciate it. And thank you for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Hey, listeners, my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. This book will help you to free the mind, free the body, free the soul, free you, free others, and on and on. My hope is that it speaks to your soul and helps you to heal and become free from the inside out. And I have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. It's free to download, and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, power words for retraining your mind, and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your own healing journey. Go to rachelapp.com for the links to download and subscribe. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. EWN Podcast Network.